Well, first of all, thanks very much for making the time. Where in the world are you at the moment? Uh, I'm back in New Zealand. Got home yesterday. Um, I must ask, many years ago I was in your fair city of Christchurch, and this is in the mid-1990s, and there used to be a, a guy that was globally famous as the wizard. Is he? He's not still around, is he? He is. He's he's actually um, semi-retired from wizarding, um, <laughs> and actually shifted to somewhere else. I can't actually remember where in the South Island, but he is still around, and um, and he does. Yeah, he comes out every now and then, and and, and does his stuff. Great to hear that. Uh, it's uh, something that anybody in mid 90s who would go to New Zealand would have to make time out to to see. So okay. So Ben, uh, how does a farmer from New Zealand get involved in cloud computing? So my background is is small business. I, I own and run a bunch of different small businesses that, that aren't related to tech. Um, and in the, I guess, 20 or, years, 20 or so years that I've been doing that, I've um, had to kind of rank a bunch of technology um, for those businesses, uh, be it you know, uh, small business accounting or uh, e-commerce or inventory or uh, production management. And, you know, I, slowly I, I started to realize the problems that were around um, technology and started talking about those, started, started blogging about them. About the same time as that happened, um, software as a service started to kind of come up on the horizon and it kind of struck me that that was a, a better way of doing things, um, that there was a, a whole bunch of advantages that software as a service brought, uh, primarily to small businesses, but generally. Uh, and by extension, I started talking about infrastructure as a service, then all of a sudden platform as a service started happening and I started talking about that. And I guess um, my timing was such that I, I rode a wave of of this um, mass increase of awareness around cloud computing and also because my my background is business as opposed to technology uh, I had a I had a different spin or a different take or a, or a different message to articulate than than most technology commentators cloud you has been a huge success now what was the motivation behind cloud you and what sort of numbers how many cloud you graduates are there now Sure. So, so in terms of the motivation, um, you know, it always struck me. I, I still own a, a, a bunch of different small businesses, and I spend a lot of time um, hanging out with small business owners. And it struck me that cloud computing absolutely is a better way for them to do a lot of the, the, the different things that they need to do. But that because small business owners are very time poor, they're working in the business, not on the business. Um, that they were constantly surrounded by all these sort of technology messages, but had no ability to just have a very vendor-neutral, seeing the wood for the trees kind of message around new technology. And so the motivation was to create a, uh, a series of, of, of papers or an educational series and eventually a, a certificate that would give people a, a, a base grounding in, in cloud computing. It's not meant to be... Um, exhaustively technical at all. It's supposed to be just a base level of understanding, basically so that a small business owner, manager, or employee has the ability to understand the marketing material he sees from vendor, he or she sees from vendors and to ask the right questions of vendors. Um, 
it's been it's been pretty successful. The the certificate's been going now for about six months. We've had uh, about ten thousand people gain the certificate, um, and whenever people are, are doing kind of lists of of, uh, of cloud computing certifications, CloudU tends to be up there in the in the, in, the, in the top one or two. And that was my motivation. And for people who are not familiar with the CloudU certification process, it's um, 10 white papers or stroke lessons that you read through and you accompany them with uh, some really good videos as well. And then there's a quiz at each one, at the end of each one. And uh, at the end of the 10, there's another quiz, about 50 questions, and provided you get through each of the individual lessons and the final one, with about 80%, you get a certificate. The idea is very simple and straightforward. Reading the white papers is quite a lot of detail there, and it isn't easy. Um, you can't, you know, do it half asleep. It must have taken you some time to put it together. Yeah. So what we did um, last year was was the content creation year. So over um, 2011. Um, I wrote uh, probably 12 or 15 um, reports, white papers, whatever you want to call them, um, kind of you know one a month, one every few weeks, uh, and then towards the end of the year, um, took all that content and developed the, the the tests and the final exam from that content. So yeah, there was there was quite a lot of work involved. My approach to this was, I'm interested in security about cloud, and my conclusion that cloud use certificate is an ideal stepping stone leading on to uh, the Cloud Security Alliance's Cloud Computing Security Knowledge Certification. What did you make of that um, conclusion? Yeah, I completely agree. Um, I mean, obviously, security is just one part of, of CloudU. Um, but in that in that realm, absolutely, the, the CSA Cloud Security Alliance is doing a fantastic job of um, a, you know, a highly detailed vendor-neutral security um, learning program, and so uh, I, I think the two complement each other very well. And I, and I agree. I think um, for someone who doesn't have a a, a deep um, cloud basis, then then a good progression is CloudU. And if security is their particular bent, then then moving on to CSA is, is, is a great progression. What would you say are the top certifications for cloud security that are around right now? So, so really, I'd, I'd just say that the, the CSA is the best. Um, obviously, individual vendors are now slowly starting to, to roll out uh, training programs for their own cloud services. Um, I don't, to be honest, I don't spend a lot of time looking at those because I, in, in my position, I don't actually need to um, have a deep technical working knowledge of, of different cloud offerings, and, and m most of them revolve around that. I mean, there are a few uh, paid cloud qualifications coming onto the onto the market. I, I was in New York uh, a, a few months ago and I was at, a, at an event and there was a there was a company there that uh, had a booth who was selling cloud training training modules and the like. Um, from my perspective, uh, you know, CloudU isn't isn't a money making program. It's completely free. So from my perspective, um, there's no there's no you know, competitive threats or anything like that. I uh, you know I believe that the more people know about cloud, the better and so the more certificates or the more training materials that, that exist is, is good for everyone, really. Well, I wanted to talk to you about the future of cloud computing. And conveniently, you blogged on that very subject a couple of days ago. So, and in fact, you've included 
this uh, video of a conversation, the one with you and Krishnan Subramanian and Alex Williams at uh, OSCAN. Yeah. Um, so I won't repeat that whole of that conversation, but it's uh, a really interesting and fascinating uh, topic to be discussing right now. So I just want to turn to the theme of uh, open source, if I may. Um, your perspective that the it's a business driver that's going to define the future of cloud computing, whereas uh, Krishnan was promoting the open source. Your emphasis on the tra uh, transparency that cloud computing gives regarding expenditure to revenue, I thought they were very similar in terms of the argument. And at the end of the conversation, I think both you and Krishnan were closer to each other's view than you were perhaps at the beginning. And it's an interesting idea you, you raised in that interview, of this idea of Jevons' paradox, and this idea that as a resource becomes more efficient, its usage increases, not decreases. For example, you know, today we have these energy-saving light bulbs, which are much more efficient. In the future, we should have a need for fewer of them, but if Jevons' paradox is, uh, is correct, we probably will end up with even more, not fewer. So, my question. Since open source not only prevents lock-in, but also significantly lowers cost, it's destined to have a greater impact than that of transparency of expenditure, isn't it? Uh, I think you, you, you raise a good point, and, um, and, and you're right. I mean, Chris and I do uh, agree on a lot more than we disagree on. Uh, I think that 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 open source or, or, or open cloud generally uh, is lowering the barriers to entry both from a customer's perspective and that they can uh, you know they can get some cloud operating software and, and go for it uh, but also from a service provider's perspective because service providers um, uh, it's now easier and cheaper for them to to get started um, pr providing cloud services um, that said there is this kind of reality that uh, while open source is a very important part of um, all companies' strategy, that strategies that proprietary companies and proprietary technologies seem to do particularly well. Uh, I'm, you know, I'm talking about the, the likes of Oracle and SAP, if you, if you will. Um, it, it's kind of it's kind of a, a moot point. At the end of the day, it, it doesn't really matter. The main thing for me is that people have choice. Mm -hmm. uh, in, in terms of the, the, the transparency of cost, the, the, the difficulty I have is that um, the, the best thing about cloud, as I said in, in the video, the best thing about cloud is that it's easy and quick for anybody to to start using cloud services. The worst thing about cloud from a cost transparency perspective is that very same thing. And so a business can have a situation where hundreds of different people uh, start up different cloud services, spin up some servers, do some platform stuff, use some applications, and there's no transparency around that. So I think the big challenge uh, of of today and tomorrow is to, is to make sure that there is lots of um, clear transparency for where cloud is being spent, how much is being spent, and really the ability to tie that expenditure to to bottom line revenue. And I think that's uh, that's an interesting area and one that we'll see a lot of movement on in the in the time ahead. And I, I think some of the uh, debates really worth listening to are where there is a difference of opinion. So just the fact that 
people don't agree uh, doesn't mean they're not valuable. In fact, uh, quite the opposite from my point of view. And particularly right now, where what is cloud and where it's going is so much up in the air. So just going back to this concept of open source, you know that most of the Western economies uh, are seeing little growth or are, as we are here in Europe, in the midst of a, a recession. Uh, unemployment is increasing and government expenditure in particular, they're having to cut back. So the arrival of cloud computing with its key pay-as-you-go model, along with the huge savings that uh, the benefits of um, open source can bring, it's like almost like a, a perfect storm. Is the timing just right where open source rides in out of the sunset as a cavalry and through cloud computing lifts the economies of the Western world out of the current doldrums? Yes and no. Uh, I'm, I would never say that cloud uh, on its own is a thing that's all, all of a sudden going to, to, to change the world. I'd like it to be so, but I, I suspect it isn't. What I am seeing, though, is... Um, Beyond open source, I'm seeing a convergence of a lot of different things that I've been talking about in one way or another for, for probably 20 years. And so I'm seeing absolutely the rise of a different sort of, of organization, an organization that's uh, a lot more distributed, a lot more sort of organic in nature, project teams come and go on, on, an, on an as-needs basis. Um, we're seeing the rise um, of, of mobile uh, connectivity where people want to be able to do whatever it is they do wherever and whenever they want um, clearly you know the iPhone and the rise of mobile devices is is, is, is driving that um, we're seeing uh, ubiquitous connectivity so there's the mobile access perspective but there's also the fact that um, it's rare to find places where I can't connect in one way um, so all of these things together alongside the 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 GFC and the fact that every organisation has more, more now than ever a requirement to be faster, smarter, more agile, lower cost. All of these things are converging. Uh, and I believe that uh, that and it's, that's a revolution. So I think a part of that is, is the cloud. The fact is that it is cloud that enables a lot of those things to occur or delivers the outcomes that those things uh, are promising. Uh, and I think those things all together are, are fueling a revolution. But what I will say alongside that is the, is the reality that, you know, about 20 years ago I wrote a paper for a, um, <clears throat> when, I, when I was studying about what the organisation of the future would look like. And I talked about a very organic uh, sort of um, organisation that ebbed and flowed depending on different situations. Um, I, I still believe that, but I'm also a, a little bit um, more mindful that traditional organizations uh, have massive momentum, uh, have massive market share and mind share, and so things aren't going to change nearly as quickly as, as maybe I'd hope they, they would. Well, it's, it's fascinating times we're going through. I, I, I suspect it's just a personal view, but the time is just right for cloud computing. And in many ways, I suspect it's going to be open source that's going to be delivering the benefits that we currently associate with cloud computing. The final question, which is your view on um, where is, this is all heading, and it has to be speculation. In 10 years' time, how do you envisage cloud computing? 
Yeah, so I, I, I'm, I'm hopeful and um, have an expectation that we won't be talking anymore about this kind of um, ephemeral term cloud. The, the, the term cloud will kind of go by the wayside as it just becomes the way people do things. From a sort of marketing perspective, the term will probably fall by the wayside because even today already it is, it is such a broad term that in a lot of ways it's unhelpful. Um, I, I, I think that we will have people doing the vast majority of what they need to do when it comes to technology um, across a network uh, as we move to a, a myriad of connected devices. You know, at the moment we have, you know, a mobile and and a laptop slash desktop, but already we're seeing connected devices, be they you know home appliances uh, or or embedded objects, and I think we'll see. And an unbelievable ballooning of, of those sorts of things. And as that happens, um, the cloud will be the, the only way to do that, the only way to practically do that. So again, I think that, um, that that's what we're going to see and uh, that that's just going to grow and it's going to grow exponentially. Well, sure. uh, I, what, it must be uh, really early on in the evening there for you right now. Uh, early in the morning, so it's 6am or so. Hey, Ben, I know you've traveled, uh, you were traveling the day before. Thank you very much for not only making the time, but making the time for, for me at such an early hour in, in your day. Thanks again. No problem. Thank you. You take care. Cheers. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.